0: You're listening to Real Talk with MBK, a podcast designed to raise emotional and relational consciousness. I'm your host, Mary Beth Conis. Real Talk with MBK will regularly cover sensitive topics, so, this podcast is for adults only and may contain adult language. Also, Real Talk with MBK is not offering any psychiatric or medical diagnoses. We're here to open up conversation about the beautiful, gritty experience of being human. So if you're ready to awaken your mind and ignite a more creative approach to your life, you're in the right place and welcome. Well, man, oh man, do I have a good one for you today. Okay, Um, I was talking to one of my friends a little while ago, about all the wonderful escapades I've had in my life and um, relationships, and I'm being facetious because, my God, has it been tumultuous and tormenting at times for me to be in a romantic relationship. <laughs> and I'm being very candid today because, why not, you know, I think that's what um, I needed, you know, and the point of this podcast is to give to every listening ear what I wish I had, um, while I was going through these things and back in the day in my 20s. So when I, I'm going to give you this analogy. Okay. So within romantic relationships, you know, I, historically have gotten so excited and so swept up in the idea of what it could be and who this person might be and what our life could be together and things like that because I can be very dreamy and excitable and I have learned a new way and it has already been been serving me in the most fulfilling way and calming way that, I mean, I, it's just beyond anything I could have even imagined possible for me and my personality type with my crazy wild mind and my, um, you know, very big personality and all of that. So historically the way I would describe what I used to do was I was like okay so I'm a surfer right and the relationship is the ocean (laughs) and so for me I you know I'm on the beach and I meet this ocean and I'm like hell yeah look how big it is and look how deep it is and look how far we could go and how expansive this could be and all this right so I get out there. I paddle, paddle, paddle really fast. I I catch the first wave, which is like the honeymoon phase. I'm all excited. And I just talk my mind out of all the words. I hurry up and figure out everything I possibly can. I exhaust myself. I lose all of my self care routine, my rituals, my own rhythms, my my—it's not that I lost my friendships, but I put the relationship first because I gotta hurry up and see what this is, see if this could be, you know, what I've been looking for or what's super gonna be super satisfying or whatever. And so I paddle out as fast as I can, and then I catch the wave as quickly as I can—the first wave—and I ride it all the way in until I crash and burn on the beach. And that's about the extent of it. It is, you know, give or take a year or a month. Uh, Sometimes it takes five weeks. Sometimes it takes a year and a half, two years. Who knows? Um, the, The details are not really important as much as this cycle of burning out the relationship as quickly as I possibly can. And I'm like, it's funny to me and I keep laughing because... Um obviously this is an oversimplification of what I really went through in these dynamics but um what I've learned to do differently is this I see the ocean of possibility in this relationship and and it's beautiful and I just take a moment to honor that and be thankful for that and then I slowly paddle out when the weather is nice and <laughs> the timing is right, and um, there's no storm clouds brewing in the in the on the horizon. And I paddle out at a reasonable pace, <laughs> and and then I sit on my board. I sit on my board and I let a couple waves go by, and I'm like, mm, and I just observe. I observe different behaviors and how this person reacts and who they're showing themselves to be, right? So I'm getting to know the ocean. And at the same time, I'm calmly and... I could still be excited, but I can still do it calmly, and pacing is the point of this entire analogy. I do it at a certain rhythm and pace, of sharing my heart and... Um, you know, allowing that person to earn trust, and so several, maybe hundreds of waves go by under my board, and I just sit on my board, and I just observe, and I'm watching, and I'm making the exchange, building the relationship, Um, and then when the, the setting is right, and again, there's no storm clouds, which would be red flags, there's sun shining and there's trust built and I have become acclimated to this ocean and the we have a rhythm of communicating with each other I know when there's danger nearby and how to communicate that and whatever so when all of that is right then I get on my board and I ride one wave in and it's it's so different and that would be, you know, the essence of falling in love and, um, but then I don't crash and burn because I've got my bearings in the ocean, right? In the relationship in the, with this specific person and, um, I have my balance and I can ride the wave in and then I can swim back out and do it again. And, Take time with each one and let these waves pass under my board. And each one that passes is like getting to know how this person responds under stress or how we communicate around um, just life challenges, you know, me having kids and grief and, um an abuse background and post-traumatic stress, and and then whatever they bring to the table, and so it's just such a delicate and um, sweet and sacred thing to recognize for me. And I wanted to share it today because I th- I think it could be very freeing for anybody who has experienced maybe similar. Um, patterns of riding these waves really quickly and crashing and burning over and over and be like, oh my God, that's so crazy that that relationship didn't work out because there's so much potential there. That's so weird. And like, I was all in, I was all in. Like I just dove in the deep end, put my heart out there. Like, I don't understand how why it didn't work out. That's so crazy. Well, that's such a beautiful thing when you can um, approach relationships with an open heart. I love that, especially after experiencing pain and betrayal or disappointment within relationships. But um, but there's more, you know, like dig deeper. And as I was digging deeper, I I realized this about me. This has been so my pattern. And when I got married, you know, I was in, I was about to crash on the beach, you know, but instead of crashing by myself, I got married and then we crashed together. And then the whole marriage was like trying to clean up wreckage of like, wait, I thought this was meant to be. And I thought we like, we're going to work this out and it was going to be great. What happened? You know, and it was just this, it became a, you know, a, shipwreck or just wreckage, you know, and, and that's what we did. We spent our marriage cleaning that up and trying to piece the boards back together so we could go back out and serve, um, but we never got to. We never got to surf because um, it was demolished. The relationship was not built on anything steady, And and, you know, in... The religious world, it was hard for me to understand that because I thought I was building it on biblical, um, you know, standards and all these healthy things. It felt really healthy to me. Um, But what I've come to know is that emotional intelligence and relational consciousness does not equal biblical understanding or... Christ-like behavior or things like that. Those are separate things. And so if you're going to build a relationship, it's got to be done with intelligence. You have to do it on purpose. Well, that's not true. You can build a relationship on anything, but one that you want to last and that is aligned and fulfilling to your true self, then you're going to have to have apply some um, intelligence there, which I was lacking when I was 20. And met my husband at the time or, you know, back then. So um, it's all very interesting because I I think that when we become aware of things in our lives, patterns and habits and things, we diffuse the power it has in our lives by maybe 50% or more, depending on what it is. But that's not all of it. It's a huge step, becoming aware. So when I became aware of the whole surfing scene that I was unconsciously participating in, that was half my battle right there. I was like, holy shit, everything's going to change now. And But the other half is walking it out and choosing in that relationship, in the moments where I just want to paddle, I just want to get out there, get up on my board, and right away, I have to um, stay grounded, I have to ground myself and, and consciously choose the new rhythm, the new pace, and, um, you know, and that is, you know, the essence of living consciously and, practicing the emotional intelligence that I've gained um, in the meantime. So whether you're in a new relationship or not, whether you built it on emotional and relational intelligence or not, um, doesn't really matter. So if you're even married um, and have been for a while, there's it's never too late to adjust the foundation or add support, support pillars or transfer, you know, or redesign your foundation. So, um, you know, this information is not a death sentence to any relationship per se. Um, however, it is a challenge and a call to, find what's true for you, practice what's true for you, and learn how to integrate that in your relationship. And the way I want to teach my kids, I love going back to this because it it makes the concept so elementary. And sometimes when you have a new idea or thing you want to apply to your life or your way of living, um, it's helpful to Think about how you would explain it to kids, and so and for me, I just practically need to think about that because <laughs> I'm like, how am I going to teach my kids to not do, not just not do what I did, but do not and not just even do better, but like live true to themselves all the way through, like the whole process. And um, not that they are not going to make mistakes, because I think in the mistakes is where we find our edges of our truth and um, you know, what we're willing to do and where we're willing to cross over or, oh, that was too far or whatever. So I think that's a beautiful thing to make mistakes in life and in relationship. But um, but again, I think there's a foundation that can be laid and I think that is our responsibility as parents to introduce amazing tools and show them what's possible. And so um, for me, the way I talk to my kids is, You know, my daughter especially, my son's not really aware of, he doesn't care about crushes and things like that. My daughter is hyper aware and has been honestly pretty much her entire life. It's amazing how much is innate there. (laughs) I was like, oh God, she was like having crushes and talking about marriage when she was five. So that was neat and scary at the same time. It was all scary. So, um... I've really had to learn how am I going to coach her in shaping this belief about marriage and relationship and liking people and crushes and stuff. And so all I do, I try to just be an observer and just point out my observations just gently. I'm not like constantly saying stuff to her, but um, things that I've said to her like, that's interesting how you had a crush on so-and-so last year and you were just like crazy about it and wrote all over your binders and made posters about it and all that stuff and didn't want anybody to know. And then this year you have a totally new crush and you don't even think about your old one. And she'll be like, huh, yeah, that's funny. And then she'll just move on. And, and so I just put, that's how I started just kind of observing and saying that. And then I, um, progressed to saying, you know, it's okay. It's totally okay for you to have different crushes all the time, you know, or change them up weekly or whatever. I'm like, that's all part of growing up. And it's important to know that you don't have to stick with one crush just because you liked them for a week and now you have to keep liking him. No, that's not part of your age and what you're supposed to be doing at this time developmentally. It's okay to experiment with you know why you like somebody and think about um you know what draws you to these different boys or whatever and she's figuring it all out I mean we don't get this deep okay but the the idea in my mind is that I'm just creating freedom and permission for her to explore herself in relationship with other people and and I do say, you know, she'll be like, so-and-so says that she loves this other boy or something. And I was like, well, what do you think about that? She's like, well, I don't think they can love each other. I'm like, well, she could love hanging out with him. I'm like, the thing about love is it takes time. True love, deep love is built over time. And so there's different phases of love. And you can have that first initial phase where you love spending time with somebody and you love being around them. And their energy just draws you in and you love talking to them and all that stuff. And that's awesome. But that's just one layer. And so when somebody falls in love, they're building layers quickly, layers of love. But what deepens the love is time and living through experiences with that person. And so it just takes time to build that really deep love. And so, you know, she'll identify or she'll agree with that and be like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. Okay, whatever. And then through my own relationships, she's been able to kind of see you can love somebody, And that love can change. And it grows sometimes in a different way than you might have thought at first that it would. But that's also beautiful and okay because you know what? We have a lot of space in our lives for love. And love can show up all different kinds of ways. And it can start out where you are in love. And then it can move to where you care about each other deeply forever. And you're going to be friends and this and that. And then that creates room for new in love feelings and things like that. And so um, it's just been a beautiful little um, lesson to be teaching my kids as I'm actively living it too. But um, I will definitely be sharing with my daughter the wave and crashing and burning when she's a teenager because (laughs) she's my mini me. So that's likely to um, be one of her experiences at some one point or another. But Anyways, um, that is your emotional intelligence topic of the day. Um, I hope that sparks some growth and expansion inside of your mind and heart. I'd love to hear from you. Please leave a review and share this podcast with anybody who maybe came to your mind and you thought might um, resonate or get something from it. So um, until next time, can't wait to talk again. This conversation isn't just for me and you. It's for friends, family, colleagues, and our children. Please spread the enlightenment with your people. If you found this content to be helpful, be sure to leave a favorable review wherever you're listening from. And if today's real talk was really talking to you, send it to a loved one so they can join the conversation. Thank you again for listening and investing in the betterment of you and the world around you.